When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, audio only edition, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five star wherever you get your programming. Johnny Venerable, uh, Bo Brock here, uh, post Thursday night football ahead of Friday's preview show. Uh, in that preview show, I, I think we'll discuss, Bo, at some point, is it time for another blood sacrifice with Clayton Toon in Pittsburgh, uh, AFC East opponent on the road, given the state of the Arizona Cardinals wide receiving core. But before we get to that, uh, losing a weapon, uh, tight end one from the start of the year, uh, Zach Ertz, no longer with the team, was cut, was granted his release by Austin Ford and Company today, uh, subject to waivers. Uh how did this all come about? Why now? Because I think most of us feel like Bo, who's maybe never going to play another snap for this team, or at least post-2023, he wouldn't. But um, very odd, the timing of this whole thing, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd love to hear why you think it's odd. I mean, it, it just kind of is ahead of schedule. But, uh, you know, there was the report when he was initially placed on injured reserve that the plan was for him to come back, right? He'd be designated return, return to the playing field, after suffering a quad injury, and that was after, of course, returning from the ACL injury, he had a ton of rust that he was incapable of knocking off, and, and maybe it was beneficial for him to go get some extra time, get healthier, get more back on track, knock some of that rust off. But, uh, you know, it's it's two parties going in different directions. Obviously, the Arizona Cardinals at 2-10 and are in a full rebuild. During Ertz's absence, Trey McBride has emerged. I mean, over 440 plus yards of his over 500 yards on the season have come in the seven games that Ertz has missed. So, you know, I think that the, the Arizona Cardinals are, I mean, McBride's entrenched at tight end one and Ertz was he willing to come back and, and play a part-time role as he kind of rides off into the sunset after a great career. And he, per JJ Watt, he requested his release and the Arizona Cardinals obliged and we were kind of talking a little bit before we fired up the microphones here. You know, is it is it kind of a slippery slope? Is is a is it a bad precedent to set for Monty Osenfort and crew to do that? Uh, I think that these are pretty special circumstances. Like this is a, this is a guy that is at the tail end of his career. If he plays much beyond this, uh, I'd I'd be pretty surprised. But his days as an Arizona Cardinal were numbered anyways. I mean, this is a guy, Johnny, you and I had been discussing as a near lock to be a cap casualty this yeah. upcoming offseason. So to kind of expedite that a little bit and then kind of give him the benefit of trying to go and in, in continue his career, finish his career up on a high note with a contending team just kind of makes a little bit of sense for both parties here. Yeah, and maybe I misspoke. I think it's just weird timing like here in late November on you know November 30th for him to just be randomly cut on a Wednesday seemed odd to me, um, especially like, you know, we can talk about, yeah, he's disposable because of McBride, but like anybody with eyeballs knew 
Like Ertz was bad to start the year. Like he was not a good player. And McBride, sure, he had some deficiencies blocking. That that's what really slowed him down. Plus, he got hurt in training camp. But like the explosiveness has has been lacking from from Zach Ertz, and it really felt like they wanted him around for uh, you know leadership standpoint, safety blanket. But he just wasn't a productive player. Then he got hurt. It's a shame that the injury to Ertz. That's what it took to get McBride like elevated to tight end one. Like at, at the end of the day, this this whole thing. I mean, I texted you this off air. Like the Cardinals went into their preseason games with their depth chart saying Colt McCoy QB one, Zach Ertz tight end one, and neither are with the team right now. That's yeah. pretty flipping wild, um, given everything. It's I, I, very wild, and you know what? This is an organization, and I've been very transparent with this rebuild. But I think that they've done a very good job in being respectful to especially the veterans, right? I mean, they've sent a ton of guys back. Like there's they, there's 21 players still from the 2022 opening day roster. Like there's 22, 20, like 21 left. It, it's pretty insane. Like they this is a full gut job. And, you know, with, with Colt McCoy, and I think that they gave him every opportunity to get that job, to keep that job. They just couldn't do it, right? And, and, and Zach Ertz, even more so. They let him come back from this injury on his own timeline. It wasn't like Kyler Murray where this was a collaboration. Like this was – Zach Ertz got to kind of call his shots when he was going to come back, and then he did. He was ready for week one. And when you have a player or a quarterback or just a quarterback situation like the Cardinals did, and you have a guy that's making as much as Ertz did – uh, this season, regardless of what you know, the variables are, and in, in his like his for his status, like there were plays that Joshua Dobbs needed to be made, and they weren't. And yeah. it was really, I mean, it, it wasn't just you know one, two. I think it was a handful of them, and it just kind of showed like that father time and injuries and the ugly side of this league remains you know undefeated in a sense and. Zach Ertz was was an example of that, but you know, for them to kind of and, and there was, I was talking to some, uh, you know, our peers in the Cardinals press room, and the, they saw Zach Ertz talking with Monty Osford outside of the cafeteria yesterday. Um, and who knows if that was the discussion? Um, you know, if it was just as simple as kind of like handshake agreement after a quick combo, like, hey, yep. this is what my wishes are, and, and Monty said, yep, yep, we'll. You know, we'll do that. How about, you know, give us a game check? And that's what Ian Rappaport, you know, reported today was that he was going to sacrifice one game check, which is not jump change. It's it's 500 grand. And sometimes, I mean, if we see, you know, the, the reports about Joshua Dobbs and, you know, how he he's earning 500 grams in, in incentives, like that's enough to push maybe yourself as a team this offseason to go from 1.5 to 2 million or, you know, using that example all the way up as much as you want to to get the edge in negotiations. So Arizona Cardinals doing a favor to Zach Ertz and moving forward, continuing and pushing this rebuild forward. Uh, it looks like, and I don't know if we can trust our friends, maybe our frenemies at overthecap.com these days after the botched fourth round compensatory pick that was not. Uh, but according to OTC.com, Zach Ertz, was due to make an egregious $12.5 million in 2024. Thank you, Steve Kime. Uh, his cut, which is, of course, pre-June 1st, 
because we're here in November and he's gone. Uh, it's dead money of $5 million and roughly $7.58 million, um, which brings every, I know everybody's anxious to hear the total uh, available cap space for the Arizona Cardinals before they do anything else, before they roll over monies, $65.8 million in cap space. That's without the new league year um, extension of funds, which you know that's coming. That's without the holdover, the rollover. That's with James Conner making eight point four million. DJ Humphreys making twenty three million dollars. Uh, yeah, Cardinals will have some funds to spend. Uh, will they spend it on a tight end? I don't. I don't think so. I think they've got that all squared away. But Ertz is gone, and you know I was watching Thursday night football um, and just the plethora of offensive weaponry not only in that game, but in this conference is just evident. And it's very sad to watch DK Metcalf and CeeDee Lamb trade jabs in a nationally televised game when one or both should have been an Arizona Cardinal, but it really kind of underscores how talent-deprived the Arizona Cardinals are. It just not only like defensive line, which we talk about, and they don't have a cornerback one, and what's, what's going to happen to pass rusher and left guard, their skilled positions are, I, like respectfully speaking to, to these guys, are below average, and that's putting it mildly. Like, Trey McBride has been such a godsend for this team, and we're going to talk about his status ahead of Sunday here in a second. It it, it mitigates the rest of it because McBride's in the second year. He's cost-controlled, but, like, outside of that, you look at some of these teams, what they're trotting out, the Cardinals are are, are playing peewee football. I mean, mm-hmm. like, respectfully to Rondell Moore and, and Hollywood Brown, you know, our guy Greg Dortch deserves more targets, but I, I don't know if that's going to happen at least this year. And the Cardinals are just not playing in the same ballpark as these other franchises. Like I laugh at the NFC quarterback picture, and I think Kyler Murray can still be an upper tier quarterback in this conference. But there's no disputing like you you were going to a to a lightsaber fight with a butter knife. That's what it feels like. It feels like the Cardinals at the end of the day they do not have the horses right now to compete. You know, much less in this conference in their own division. When you're seeing like DK Metcalf three touchdown game. When's the last time a Cardinals had two touchdowns in a game? For the uh, a skill player, so I don't know, man. Just it brings added pressure, I think, on Austin Ford and company to use these funds to use your draft capital. You need to find people that can make plays for your quarterback, whomever it may be. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think it just kind of points to how bare the cupboard was uh, for Monty Austin Ford when he took over this job, because you know Seattle's in year two of a rebuild, and yeah. you know they're they're fighting for second consecutive playoff appearance and it's not all rebuilds are the same like this is a this is a true absolute gut job and they mm-hmm. pivoted off their quarterback and they landed on geno smith who's been able to to operate and, and run that system very well uh he's had a couple lulls and stuff and and, and kind of reverted a little bit to the the, the quarterback he used to be but he had a really good game thursday night football and guys like dk metcalf give the uh, that ability when you look at the cardinals offensive skill players there, there is no DK Metcalf, right? You know, and that that's that's tough. And you're gonna have to go find one, and, and it's possible you could find one next spring at the top of the NFL draft. And I think you can look at the Seahawks rebuild and say, okay, it's not the same as the Cardinals, but it does give you hope that you can kickstart things with with the proper amount of draft capital and hitting on you know enough picks to where if you get enough, if you infuse the roster with enough talent. And then you make some decent moves in free agency that you can you can get your team back to competing very quickly. 
And, you know, I think Dallas has, has been at this for, for a while now. I mean, I feel like, you know, ever since they got even before Dak and, and they started building around him, but like Seattle is more kind of in line with the Cardinals where they, they were expected to win very few games a year removed. And they're, they're already in the thick of the NFC. And if, if Monty Ossifort can, you know, I think he's already had a rock solid draft class and, and you're starting to see players that they can move forward with. And, and one's a holdover from the previous regime and Trey McBride, who can be a part of the solution. And you can start having playmakers all over your offense and build the trenches and, and have good playmakers on defense. So it's uh, it's it's daunting and as far away as it seems, because it does. It seems like it is. I mean, they're they've got a horse and buggy and they got you know thousands of miles ahead of them. And like it's it's it is it's it's very similar to like traveling and, and moving, uh, uh, you know, a group of people back before, you know, there was modern transportation where the group that you necessarily, that you left with, isn't the one that's necessarily going to meet there and be there at the final destination. Like some of them are going to be lost along the way and be casualties. And then you look at, you know, who made it. And uh, those are the people that survived and, and, and were worthy of it. And then the rest along the way, the added that uh, just made the group stronger. Wow. That's deep stuff here. On the audio-only podcast here on Thursday. The Oregon Trail, if you will. Uh, Spoiled meat for Trey McBride and company in this receiving core for the Arizona Cardinals ahead of Sunday. Uh, The practice report for the Cardinals skill players leads me to believe that this could be exponentially worse than last weekend. You're at Pittsburgh. It's inclement weather as expected. Pittsburgh's defense ranks top three to five in the NFL in almost every defensive category. Kyler Murray is still working through some things. Thankfully, he's healthy, but for maybe for how long? Uh, Hollywood Brown, Michael Wilson, Trey McBride, as of Thursday night, have yet to practice. Now, you told me off air that you expect Trey McBride to, to give it a go. But let's put Trey McBride off for a second. If you're projecting the wide receiving core for this Sunday against Patrick Peterson's led Pittsburgh Steelers secondary, <laughs> Who's starting in this receiving core on Sunday for poor Kyler Murray? It's not C. Lamb or, or DK Metcalf. Yeah. Who, who's out there for Kyler Murray? Who's his go-to? I mean, his go-to, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to look probably to Greg Dortch, Rondell Moore, and Zach Pascal, who was out there last week, just didn't, he wasn't available. He wasn't open. I don't, I don't know what happened, but he wasn't, you know, part of the offense, but it's, uh, you know, through two days of practice, there hasn't been any signs of Hollywood Brown and Michael Wilson. Uh, you would only assume that Michael Wilson with a shoulder issue going into a bye week, why not just use this extra extra game? Don't risk any kind of uh, re-aggravation. It's, it's slim pickings as far as the wide receiver core. And it'll be really kind of interesting to see if they elevate anybody from the practice squad, maybe like a Daniel Arias, but... It's it's a platter of ham sandwiches right now. I mean, you you know what you're you're gonna get from Dorch, but you know, to Baldy's point, said two weeks ago, like if you need to rely on Dorch, you you got issues as as a as a team, right? I mean, Dorch is gonna make plays, but if he's your top wide receiver, like that's it's a tough it's it times are tough. And you know, you know he's gonna go out there and, and make big plays, but you know, if you're trying to improve and have a quarterback who's learning a new offense and get more and more acclimated, uh, it's not conducive to that. So 
it's it is a it is a it's I'm you know Rondell Moore is going to have to step up find find some open grass and that's that's a tough task against this defense and they're going to have to do it on the fly against this defense defensive front and this this opportunistic Steelers defense that's uh, if you can't make any mistakes against. I would imagine that the Cardinals will pivot from their 45 ask attempt of Kyler Murray uh, dropbacks last week, uh, whether they're in shotgun or under center and go to a more conservative approach. I would fucking hope so with the state of this receiving core. I, I, I would expect hopefully under center North and South and James Connor, a homecoming of sorts with which we've talked about enough to get 20 to 25 touches. I mean, like, this is a game at the end of the day. Like, I I know the Cardinals are trying to win. I know Austin Ford and Gannon want to win. At the end of the day, when we fast forward to February, March, April, like, you got, you got to be able to say, well, we kept everybody healthy and look at our draft position. Like, uh, again, I know they're professional athletes, Bo, but this game in particular, and the Steelers aren't unbeatable. I'm not saying there's some juggernaut, but man, you're setting yourself up for a really tough look offensively. Your your defense is already under man, and I get it. Like we we laugh at, at you know Kenny Pickett as small hands. He's never thrown multiple touchdowns outside of one game, but mm-hmm. like we you can mitigate that offensively. Like leaving Kyler Murray susceptible to shots with the receiving core he's not comfortable with that can't separate. There were some interesting statistics that came out on Twitter today. Cardinals receivers. Newsflash have some of the worst separation rates in the NFL. Uh, mm-hmm. And Kyler Murray's an above average passer when they do have separation. So just it compounds an already really bad situation for this team. And man, like I, I joked at the top of the show, like what they did with Clayton Toon. I mean, it was horrific what they did against Cleveland, but it almost feels like I, I hope I'm wrong that we're teed up for another game like that. But the difference, Bo, is Clayton Toon's a fifth round rookie. He could take the beating. He's young. It's like Kyler Murray just coming off an ACL. And this is a, a, a rough environment. This is a field that can get torn up. This is a very, very pivotal week for Drew Petzing. Because, again, like, I, I don't think, and I can kind of sense it here locally, people aren't expecting anything from Kyler Murray this game. Mm. Fair or not. Like, I think the the expectations, and you and I previewed it, were last week, home against the Rams, right? This is a Steeler team that looks to be headed toward the playoffs, led by their defense. You're on the road. I the last thing I want to see is Kyler Murray limping off a meaningless fucking game in Heinz Field when he's thrown to me and you like that. That just I I, I watched Geno Smith on Thursday Night Football have a renaissance, and I know we don't love Geno Smith, but he's elevated by the players around him. I, I I just I feel like we're I knew. Let me finish by saying this: I knew what we signed up for with Kyler Murray these eight games back, and I said it my Johnny on the spot that it's unfair to put this on Kyler Murray to show out with this, the state of this roster, but he's going to have to do it anyway. Like living this now, like I feel twice as angry as I did at the time, just because the the situation is, is so dire. And again, I'm not making excuses for K one, but man, it's, it's tough right now. It's tough to watch him try to operate with whatever is left of this roster that, I mean, we've talked about it is going to be absolutely continue to be gutted for the next five to six months. I think that they can do him a lot of favors. I, if this or if, if Arizona Cardinals team, if this coaching staff, it feels like this week that they they're very they're aware of what they're going into. You're sensing right? more self awareness, thankfully. That they're going into a hostile environment. The weather's going to be crap. 
They the defense is the top, you know, turnover defense in the league. You know, their offense actually takes care of the ball pretty well. <clears throat> and, you know, they, they've got some real, you know, game wrecking defensive players that if you don't lean heavily on James Conner and it's James Conner's homecoming for the most part, like if there wasn't if there wasn't any more reasons to feed the beast that is number six in the Arizona Cardinals backfield and to just, you know, have an outside shot of setting your quarterback up for success because like Kyler Murray wasn't facing any stack boxes last week. It was, it was really strange. Like the the Rams were just like, they're not running the football force. The issue with the, with running the football, get Kyler Murray under center and, and really see if maybe, you know, you can get Pittsburgh in a compromised position and, and, and hit on an explosive here and there with a Greg Dorch or mm-hmm. Rodney Moore or Trey McBride. Like, I don't think it's like, it's it's very reactionary to think like they can't be an offense that can move the football. Like I know that it's it's daunting so? in this defense and coming off this last performance, but look, Rams have always had their number, right? The Rams have always had the Kyler Murray in, in in the Arizona Cardinals number. So in you're you're in in the NFL, like I would have told you going into Thursday night football that the Seahawks were dead in the water and was pretty encouraged by what I saw from them offensively, especially true. Like, like if you, if you have a decent game plan and if you can execute and I know it's tough without, you know, Hollywood Brown and Michael Wilson, probably um, that, you know, if you can run the offense and, and you're not just a, a three and out machine, like they were, which you, you should expect that regardless of what, you know, who's available. Like Kyler Murray should be able to get and James Conner should be able to get you offense. That's not going three and out as long, as many times as they did on Sunday against the Rams. Like that's just that, that you should expect that. I don't care, you know, what the rest of the supporting cast looks like. So, you know, it, it's going to come down and, and that's where you're going to start to kind of see something like coaching wise, Kyler Murray wise, even James Conner, Rondell Moore, Dorch, Pascal, like Trey McBride, who's going to step up and make a play when they need when they need it? Because this is one of those games. It's not. I I don't view it as, as a Cleveland Browns game where they lost twenty seven nothing and they had historically bad offense. Like this is. It's not. That was a throwaway. That was to get to Kyler Murray's debut. This is. Hey, the the odds are stacked against them. It, it's it's a it's a game that is goes against how this roster is built right now and most games do, but there, there's still opportunity for them to, to play well and, and show signs of growth despite what, you know, the state of their roster is and how good the team defense is that's crossed from them. I hope you're right. Like I had a bad feeling last week and I've got almost a worse feeling this week because I think I've had a, a bucket of cold water poured on me as it relates to the state of this team. And maybe I was, you know, we had talked about it for six months in the offseason, how everybody in the public, draft kings with our friends at BetMGM, whomever, with the lines basically saying, like, this is going to be one of the worst teams in modern NFL history. And we pushed back on that, and they were super competitive early on, and they won a couple games they weren't supposed to. But it's like, is this the team, Kyler Murray or not, that everybody said was going to be winless, that everybody said easily should have the first pick in the draft? And listen, like Vegas was wrong about Houston. You know, Vegas has been wrong about a lot of teams. The Giants regression city this year. But it's just like I 
we're at the we're at a pivotal point here, not with Kyler Murray necessarily, but with this roster where it's like I it's almost impossible for me right now to evaluate Gannon and Kyler Murray given the state of this team. Like and knowing that when we hit free agency and we hit this offseason, like the players that they let go, what are what's gonna happen to these guys? Are they gonna be coveted by other teams? I think we both know the answer to that. I think they're going to go and kind of have middling careers. And I, I hope everybody goes and succeeds and makes their money. That's not what I'm saying. But basically, I think right now, like the state of this roster, first of all, is different than it was at the beginning of the season because they had some veterans, defensive line. They had some personnel that they were excited about. I think it's been watered down even more. And I, it's you go to Pittsburgh and you've got a team with, fair or not, Super Bowl winning head coach. The, the state of their roster is borderline impeccable outside of the, the one position that matters. And that's the position I think we feel good about in Arizona. It's the quarterback. So I don't know, man. It's a it's like bizarre world football that the Steelers are some analytic dumpster fire, but yet they keep winning games. And the Cardinals are some Frankenstein monster roster, mm-hmm. but they've got a $52 million quarterback. Um, I would love to see Gannon and Kyler Murray come out with double birds on Sunday and somehow win this game. But like, I have to be to win the game. It needs to, it needs to fit mostly like what the Steelers schedules look like. Right. A lot of ugly wins. Like you can't let this offense. Like we were talking about a bunch about the Cardinals offense. Like you can't let like the, the defense needs a bunch a bounce back just as bad as, as the, as the, as the offense does. You can't let Kenny Pickett go out there and get right. I don't care what, what what did the Rams do when their quarterback was banged up and their offense wasn't great? They looked at the Cardinals and said, "We're going to run the football thirty right. times right at you." I mean, my Mike Tomlin. But it's not you hear this. It's not. It's not. It's not uh, Kyron Williams, who's four weeks fresh, right? Najee Harris Renaissance last week, best game of the year without Matt right. Canada. That, Are you confident that, the Cardinals can stop anybody on the ground right now? I don't. I don't not, really know I, if it matters. I just, I just don't think like if. I, I'm I'm confident that they're going to be able to get some stops in this game. Sure. And and like <laughs> we're coming from different ends of the spectrum here. Like I, I'm, I think that this team can compete in this game. Like I, I do believe that Tomlin, okay. Okay. they have this this ability to find a, they have a will and they find a way to get it done, and they should be able to do do that against a bad Cardinals team. But to expect it to be a complete utter disaster on both all three phases of the football for the Arizona Cardinals, like I think we're 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 buying way too much into the performance on Sunday. Okay, and and you know you should have some confidence in this coaching staff to be able to get this team somewhat back on track because we haven't seen. I, I really don't feel like back to back clockers, right? Exactly, exactly, and like the Steelers. We we know where you should be afraid of them, right? Like their their defense, it, it can absolutely be game wreckers. But at the same time, you know they have they're a very flawed football team. They're they're I mean, I a little hesitant going into it and say that they're fraudulent seven and four, but I think they are. They, oh, they're definitely fraudulent. I'll say that. Three okay. in point differential. Just horrendous flaws offensively. They got Eddie Faulkner, who's a former. But they play, but they, but they play in a loaded division. And they play in the AFC rich quarterback rich conference. So like they beat DTR and they beat Jake Browning. Great, good for them. Like it's quarterback rich, but they played some poor quarterbacks. 
That's true. No, I get it. And listen, Cardinals beat Houston. If they're more competitive last week against the Rams, I'm sitting here and saying the same thing. I just, I have the concern, and I can I can overreact from time to time. I'm guilty of that, just like anybody else, that we are reaching a point in the season where, like, is is this correctable based on personnel? Like, I, I, I hope... I hope I'm wrong. I, I'm I, I'm worried that the Cardinals at this point can't overcome the personnel deficiencies that they have, because it it to me, like defensively, the 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 blueprint is out there. We saw, you know, what the Rams were able to do on the ground, and now the Cardinals offensively, they got some stuff to figure out. I'm hopeful. I'm, I would love to sit there at BetMGM yeah. with you this weekend and yeah. and watch a competitive game for four quarters. And at this point in the season, like. There are teams that are vying for playoff spots. And, you know, when when you're down and you've already got it under par roster, it's like the Arizona Cardinals doing. It's even, you know, even more watered down. It's it's tough to compete with these teams that, that are locked in and at relative full strength and know like what what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, and, and, and they make sure that they don't have a letdown game against against the two and ten teams. So you know, I fully expect the, the Pittsburgh Steelers to to try to really continue to keep this this offense slumping like it has the last two weeks. Um, but you know, Arizona Cardinals and, and their coaching staff like it, it's a tough task ahead of them. But you you have if if they don't produce uh, better effort and better results than last week, then I think it, it gives the, the fan base, it gives you and I, it gives Brayton Gold like even more reason to be panicked about the future of this franchise and, and continue to have more questions. And they need to start answering some of those questions. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's not going to d- diminish what I f- feel about Kyler Murray or Jonathan Gannon. I think about, excuse me, wild, like accusations of tipping points for either one of them at the course of the season I just I feel like it's 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 the same point I made in the offseason when they chose not to get serious about the backup. It's hard to evaluate people, you know, given the state of what they have to overcome a, a lot. And I, I think that you can't get off the field against Kenny Pickett and an OC that's been on on the job. No, I, I don't know if that's there with I mean No, you should be able to do it. Even this with a, the state of this, this front a, seven. Yeah, this is a brutal offense. I mean, the car, but but the Cardinals are starting multiple, not only rookies in the secondary, mid to late round rookie corners. They're mm-hmm. starting a six rounder, an undrafted free agent, a third rounder. Their safeties are great, and then in their front seven, they lost the cap of their defense. Mm-hmm. They're starting Chris Barnes and an undrafted free agent, you know, journeyman in Josh Woods. B.J. Ogilari is a rookie. He's he's their best pass rusher. A second rounder is their best pass rusher. And then the best defensive lineman they have is a six-rounder. I mean, it's it's the most kind of watered-down version of any Cardinal defense. And I've seen worse defenses. Any I'm just talking about the worst first-round quarterback. He is. He's terrible. Terrible. But he's, he's really bad. And the Cardinals picked off C.J. Stroud three times, twice in the red zone, two he weeks removes. ago. Yeah. <laughs> I, listen, I want to buy in. I, I think, again, you could sell me on the notion that the Cardinals hold the Steelers under 24 points. 
and it's a and it and and by default that's competitive, right? Because mm-hmm. then the Cardinals get a couple possessions. Hell, it could be like race to twenty this weekend. But I, I mean, outside of them ripping off long runs and getting some some the benefit of some calls, I just I hope I'm I hope I'm wrong. I hope like listen, Jake Browning, Cincinnati held a lead for a little bit in that game, so you should be able to to at least like by when we hit our halftime show. Do you think it's a one possession game? You're confident, like it's you're feeling like this is a game where the Cardinals are very much in it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Like six three game. Sure. I feel like we're talking about two different teams, though. The Cardinals literally have two wins. And the Steelers have seven wins, and they have to go to Pittsburgh, travel cross country with no skill players. I mean, that's 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 a tall task. Not only to forget winning, but just being competitive. At least in my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong though. I just think that they've shown an ability to stay competitive regardless okay. of what the, the odds are against them. And is it is it have they reached a point where they, they don't even have enough talent on the roster to do that? You know, it it might be so. I mean, that that would be a bummer to to realize that they just the, the days of competitiveness in the 2023 season, 2023-2024 season are over. Because after this, you know, bye week. Niners game, sure you could get Hollywood and Michael Wilson back, but they just they they need to have the, the game plan needs to be there in some the execution from from the players on the field it, it just needs to be there. It's just I don't think that's asking too much. Like if they do produce back to back duds, it's it's gonna be tough times. Um, hell, until Christmas Eve. I mean, if I said this to you off air, it feels like we're on a collision course with that game on Christmas Eve with this. I mean, it's a gauntlet of games coming up. And what we saw against the Rams is that in a little bit against Houston, who I think can be physical, these teams, when you play them, when you play these physical teams, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia is physical. We know the Niners are. Like you don't only lose on the scoreboard, like you you lose guys, you lose bodies. The Rams do this to the Cardinals every year when they play. They beat the shit out of the Cardinals, not only on the scoreboard, but it's just like, hey, look, all these guys aren't practicing now suddenly. Like the, this isn't the early softer part of the season with the Giants and the Commanders. And it's now you got to go through this murderer's row of sorts with these with these teams that are playoff bound, potentially NFC championship game bound and you know, Philadelphia is going going for blood against JG and company. Like, it's anybody who thinks the Cardinals are going to be healthy and ready to rock and roll for Chicago in Chicago. I mean, and then the Seahawks team we saw tonight, very competent with Pete Carroll and company. I I want to believe this team's got one more win, one more surprise for us, Bo, in the 2023 NFL regular season. I but if they do it, it's going to be because. Kyler Murray plays like the old Kyler Murray. Jonathan Gannon pulls something out of his ass. I don't know, man. It's tough to watch what we watched last week, and I get it. It's the Rams. It's a four and six Rams team that that, that did that to the Cardinals. So I don't know. I want to be positive. I want to be hopeful. I'm hopeful to see everybody at BetMGM this weekend because regardless of how the Deadbirds perform, we're going to have great vibes, great drinks, food selections, immaculate. <laughs> You're laughing. Man. You're my co-host. A little bit more better vibes than this. This is this is tough. This is tough. 
I'm sorry. Have you not been around for this two and ten season? I have. I have. It's uh look, we're gonna do a full game preview Friday afternoon. We'll get into it, break it down some more. Where the Arizona Cardinals can find some paths to success, but the odds are stacked against them. No doubt about it. We've known that. It's it, even, you know, dating back to, to the early in the offseason. This is this is a rebuilding team. And rebuilds aren't from the faint of heart. Continue to show that as as fan favorites are continuing to show the door. Zach Ertz today, after 130 catches, 1,100 yards, uh, some of the the biggest numbers from a tight end since the Cardinals moved to the desert and uh, moving forward with Trey McBride and McBride's going to have to start, you know, or continue this hot streak and, and be one of Kyler Murray's key playmakers. Uh, we'll get more into it on Friday afternoon. Make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube page. Uh, and of course, wherever you listen to your podcast, like uh, leave a five star. And of course, if you'd like to leave a review, we appreciate that. Follow Johnny on Twitter at Johnny Venerable at PHNX underscore Cardinals. Follow me, Bo Brock. We'll talk to you Friday afternoon. We all city like the mayor.